how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Michael Tucker always wanted to be a filmmaker. After attending film school, he joined some friends for what became a finite film, a small production company focused on short movies. We spent a year making shorts and web series, he said, then realized short films and a web series don't pay the bills. Tucker spent a few years doing editing work and helping with documentary films and small features. After working in this field for a few years, he decided he wanted to get back to creative work when one of his projects fell through. With lessons from the screenplay, Tucker wanted to make videos that analyze movie scripts to examine exactly how and why they are so good at telling their stories. Part educational series, part love letter to awesome films, Lessons is about a fun way to learn more about your favorite films and help everyone become better storytellers. In this interview, Tucker talks about how to be authentic on YouTube, how to avoid toxic messages on the platform, his favorite software and apps, how Patreon works for fans of the channel, and the misconceptions of having a popular channel. If you enjoyed this interview, join millions of viewers for the new YouTube video essay series, also called Creative Principles. Always wanted to make movies since I was a little kid, basically. Um, and so, you know, I made movies in high school and then in college, uh, I studied film. I went to UC Santa Cruz uh, and studied film theory there and film production. And then after graduating, I moved down to LA, met up with some friends, and we kind of started a YouTube channel of our own, making a bunch of short films that we called Finite Films was the name of the channel. And so we did a year of making a ton of short films, and then we made web series and stuff, and then realized that short films and web series don't pay the bills. Uh, and so then I spent several years just doing editing work and different gigs and doing some documentary um, editing uh, gigs and then did a feature and all these couple things. But basically what happened was after several years of working in the editing and the documentary editing space, I was tired of doing that and wanted to get back to doing some creative things. And this one project I was on 
uh, just fell apart overnight, just like the funding went away. And so suddenly I had all this free time and had managed to save up some money. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity to focus on creativity again, getting back to my you know narrative roots. And so I started reading a bunch of screenplays to just re-educate myself about all the things that you know I I wanted to have a better grasp on in the writing space. And so as I was reading the screenplays, I uh, thought, well, maybe I can make a blog where I write down for each screenplay all the lessons that I learned and kind of share that with people. And in the process of writing that blog, I kind of had this idea of like, oh, I think these could be videos. And I was very into the, you know, the film video essay scene at the time and watching things like Every Frame of Painting and Nerdwriter and all the things that everyone was. Um, and so that was that was basically the beginning of it. the inception was taking these blog posts about um, cataloging the lessons that I was learning and then trying to turn those into video essays and that worked out well. I did multiple versions of the first video and showed it to friends and family and got feedback and then launched. And luckily, basically the first video took off. And so I've been doing that ever since. So have you, have you made more videos than we can see here? Has there ever been anything you deleted or didn't work for whatever reason? Uh, no, no deleted videos. There have been videos that you know I, I scrapped while working on it, um, but nothing nothing that was released and then was taken down. Can you share any more details there? Like what might be a good example that didn't work and, and why didn't it work? Usually when a video doesn't work, it's because I can't find like the right angle to, to come at it. Or I find myself uh, kind of realizing that it's too opinion based or subjective based. Um, Something I, I try to do with each video is, you know, there's there's obviously opinion in there, but I try to pair each film with some kind of objective lesson or, you know, something where it's like, even if you disagree with this movie is good, looking at this specific technique, we can see how this technique does the thing it's trying to do well. So even if you don't like the movie, if you're an aspiring writer or filmmaker, you can take this technique and apply it to something that you're working on. And so, uh, yeah, sometimes it's just, I, I realize there's not a lesson there and it's mostly just me venting about something. And that's like, oh, it's not that valuable for people. Or like I was working on uh, a video on The Room, um, you know, the Tom Uzo movie and trying to kind of dissect why people love movies that are a specific kind of super bad. Um, and there just wasn't, I, I wasn't able to reach a, a clear enough conclusion that I felt like it was a, a worthwhile thing to put out there. So that's usually the reason that things get scrapped, that they're, they're not compelling enough and don't stand on their own enough or aren't offering um, a useful technique. What's some of the criteria that you use that might be noticed like subconsciously? Like one thing I noticed is that if you do show script from a actual dialogue script, you may show a draft that's not on screen. The performance made it different for whatever reason. What's kind of the value in that? And what are some other things you do to maybe differentiate yourself in the video essay world? For the screenplays, we try to 
show the screenplay, especially when it is different from the final results. I like. I think part of the fun is getting to see what was on the page and how that translated to the final film. And when it's different, I think that's uh, you know that's useful information because you can see like okay, this is maybe why the the actor or the director changed these lines and seeing that difference can then make you think about why those lines were changed to what they ended up being. Um, so I think that's just, you know, filmmaking is such a complicated collaborative medium and it's constantly changing. And there are all these iterations that happen from the beginning of the process to the end that I think anytime you can kind of shine a light on those differences, it, it's helpful for people. And I think it's also really interesting to see the action lines of a screenplay and see what was written, how it was described in the film, and then how the director and the whole filmmaking team then translated all that to film. And, and was it the same or was it different? Why? And do you like one more than the other? So I think that's just fun stuff to reveal to people. Um, and as far as differentiating my, you know, making the channel different from other other channels in the space. I think my approach was to almost be as scientific as possible. Like a lot of what I watch on YouTube are science education videos. Um, and I just, I appreciate an objective viewpoint whenever possible. So I think there's a space for, you know, interpretation and meaning and sharing opinions about films and stories. But what always interested me was getting at the technique and the techniques being used by the storytellers. Because if I'm a storyteller, that's what I want to learn. That's what I'm here for is like the analysis of, of why it worked and how it worked. And so that's why from the beginning, I wanted to include screenwriting sources, screenwriting books, or quotes from the writers themselves. Like bringing in a reference material is something that I've always wanted to, to try to have in every video. So it's not just taking my word for it, but it's saying, you know, this is a thing that other people have thought about. Here's what they've written about it. Maybe you agree or disagree, but this is kind of what the, you know, people in this space are, are talking about around this thing. So trying to create added value besides just my interpretation of whatever we're talking about. So I've talked to some other documentary filmmakers. A lot of times the debate may be whether or not to actually include themselves in the story. Sometimes they feel it's necessary to kind of fill in the pieces or be a narrator. With YouTube, that's more so expected. I think you do a great job of doing it in a way, but not overdoing it. You're often kind of in the beginning and the end. What do you see about that? Like, what are some of your thoughts on that? Why is it so important for the authenticity of channels like this? Uh, I think kind of just like you're saying, it's just kind of expected on YouTube. Like I think one of the great things about YouTube is that it's a very direct relationship you have with your audience and they, they can come to know you and you can read comments or interact with them. You know, I both lessons from the screenplay and our podcast beyond the screenplay have a Patreon where people can support us. Um, but it's also a place where we can interact with them. And so like friendships have formed through these interactions that we have with the community. Um, and so I think it's just, it's part of the experience of YouTube. And, and I think that's, you know, on YouTube, there's so many 
people doing everything all the time, especially you know in the video essay space. When I started, it was just kind of blowing up, and I feel like I kind of got in right before it got super saturated. Um, and now there's a ton of people doing it, and I think that's really cool because that means people can find their niche or the voice that they resonate with the most. And so I think having that be part of your channel um, and like brand, I guess, uh, it's just kind of, I, I think it's part of what draws certain people to you and, and making those connections is important and also just fun and rewarding as a creator. What are some ways, so I know like for one example, you um, you know, created that special Charlie Kaufman adaptation video kind of as a thank you to fans. What are some other ways you foster the community? Like until I got really involved with YouTube, I didn't really know there was like a community tab. But as someone who just watched videos, I didn't really realize that was there. So what's some things people may not know about or how are other ways to kind of actually build a platform with YouTube? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think, you know, I tried to be very active in the YouTube comments, especially early on, I had a lot more time to do that. And that's kind of, you know, the most obvious place to, to interact with people. Um, and it's kind of notorious, the, the YouTube comment section is notorious for being a kind of toxic place. But what I was really pleased to find was that for the most part, the comments on, on my videos are very positive and, it's really fun to get to see what people are saying and respond back and, and have a kind of mini dialogue there. Um, but I think that's also why it's important to be available on other spaces. So Twitter is obviously a place where you can interact with people and that's, you know, a, kind of like a step beyond just responding to a comment. Like you, you tweet something and they reply and you can reply back. And so it's getting a bit more like a conversation happening. Um, and then I think Patreon and the perks that come with that are kind of like taking that even a step further. So there are people that you can send messages on Patreon and, and comment on posts like on YouTube, but there's also, also uh, rewards. So like we have a, a Discord server. So if people don't know what that is, it's kind of like a Slack like chat uh, service. And so people, when you become a Patreon, when you support the channel on Patreon, you get access to the Discord server and there's different kind of chat rooms in there. So there's one where people can talk about what they're watching or a thing that they've made or a story that they're writing. And myself and the, the rest of the team are all there. And so that's where we can uh, really have conversations with people and chat about what we're watching and all that stuff. And then the top tier of Patreon is actually a, a Google Hangout, a monthly Google Hangout. So uh, the people that are donating $10 per video, uh, we all jump on a call once a month and just like chat and hang out and, and talk about what movies we've seen or if they have thoughts on the video, we talk about that or talk about what could be fun for future videos. And that's fun because it's people from all over the world. Like I can genuinely say I have a friend who lives in Sweden now because of these Google Hangouts. Um, so that's that's another one of those just kind of fun things that comes with being a YouTube channel. Is you, there are these different avenues to create this community, and it's I think that's that's why it's fun. You know, like when you make a movie it's fun to go and watch it in a theater and hear the audience react when you're making a YouTube video. You don't get that. You just upload it and it goes away. And then you see a number scroll up on screen. So having these 
other places to actually hear from the people that are watching and appreciating your content is is one of the best parts for sure. What do you think are some of the misconceptions about running a YouTube channel? That's a good question. I think uh, I think probably people might underestimate how much work goes into the videos and and it's it's a kind of thing where for every channel there are different obstacles and different amounts of you know energy to required to put out the content but i think for our channel what often surprises people is how long it takes to make each video um like right now we're on basically like a 10-week production cycle where each video is takes 10 weeks from pitch to release and it's overlapping we're working on like five videos at a time right now um but yeah for our channel so much of it is about the writing process and getting the script right and i think it's it's one of those I think a misconception is to to say something in a really simple way is easy, and I think it's actually exactly the opposite. Where so much of the the energy is for the channels put into taking these concepts that are kind of complex um, and figuring out the simplest way to present them to people so that they can really understand. Uh, the technique and how it's being applied in the movie and how it could be applied elsewhere while also keeping it fun and, and engaging, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I, I think just people probably don't think about the amount of work that is required to do it and burnout, I know is a thing that people are becoming more aware of, but when it, when it is all on you, it's this, you know, the, on one hand, it's great because you have all this freedom as someone that works for yourself and you can set your own hours and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's all on you and you can set your own hours. So you could be working constantly. And when do you decide that, you know, you're going to push back a release date so that you can have more mental health. But if you're doing that, then that means you're pushing back your income. And so there's this just kind of unique pressure that comes with all of it being on you. And it's just one of those trade-offs that I think is important for people to consider before they jump into something like YouTube. Is there an impulse to do more like possibly batching? Like uh, these are very different videos, but your most two recent are on symbols and parasite and parasite versus sunset Boulevard. Is there any leg up there and, you know, at least having most of the research done on one film or how do you kind of see that? It's funny because those two are kind of, um, anomalies in the channel where uh, we, we've never done uh, two videos on the same movie. I guess really early on, I, I did two, a two-parter on American Beauty. Um, but yeah, in that instance, it was kind of just, we were working on a Sunset Boulevard video and working on a Parasite video and realizing that there were all these similarities between them. And so us as a team kept kind of coming back to that and comparing them. And it was sort of like, well, maybe it would be fun and maybe a little bit crazy, but ultimately useful to compare a really modern film that just came out with one that came out 70 years ago. And maybe that's a better way in to Sunset Boulevard for people that might not be as familiar with it. Um, so yeah, so so in that case, that that was kind of the thinking there.
Just so I don't miss like kind of an obvious question, tell me a little bit more about your team, like what it, who it consists of or how many people, at least those kind of things. So there's uh, five of us. There's myself, obviously, and then Trisha Arand, Brian Bittner, Alex Cayeros, and Vince Major are the people that make up the team. And, you know, when I started the channel back in 2016, it was just me writing, researching, editing, releasing all of it. Um, and then Vince came on and he kind of helps me run the channel and is kind of like a marketing consultant, uh, but also just someone who I can like vent at or like share my, when I get worked up and crazy and just have a, a person that I can put that on. And he's good at just emotional support as well as all the other things. Um, and then as, as the channel developed, I wanted to try to increase the production. So make more videos, but also alleviate some of the burnout that I was feeling and bring new ideas and new perspectives to the table. And so that's what bringing in kind of that writing team has helped a lot with. And it's been, it's first of all, just made the whole experience a lot more fun. Like doing it by myself was cool in some ways, but having a team that's putting all of our energy into it together is, is just more fun. But it's also, uh, yeah, bringing perspectives and ideas for videos that I would have never come up with. Like the Sunset Boulevard versus Parasite video was very much something that came from one of them, Brian pitching, uh, doing a Sunset Boulevard video, and then Trisha pitching the the angle on the Parasite video, and then us all gathering around and, and chatting about it. it. It generates cool new ideas that I think keeps uh, keeps things fresh. And so that's that's been one of the big benefits. And then also, as we started working together, we would be having these conversations about like this so-and-so film and one of the things we love about it is this but also like this technique is really interesting and we would just have these long conversations and so at some point we were like i think this could be a podcast uh and so we we tested it out and did a podcast for our patreon supporters for a little bit and they really really enjoyed it uh and so last year last february i think we launched beyond the screenplay which is basically a podcast uh, that's like a, a sister to the channel. So we talk about the movies that we make videos about on the channel and can kind of dive in in depth in ways that you can't do in the video because the videos are very focused. So we're talking about those films and then also any and other film, any other, any and all other films basically, and sharing our thoughts and kind of getting to uh, do deeper dives into what works and what doesn't about these films. So creating the team and gathering everyone is, is paid off in ways that I didn't even predict, but it's, it's been awesome. How do you, um, so, so I took the Ken Burns masterclass on documentary filmmaking a few weeks ago, and I was surprised he kind of moves through research and writing and editing back to research. So he kind of moves through them back and forth. How do you see the different categories of how you make one of these films? Do you, move back and forth like that or is it more structured and you know research than writing than editing always would prefer it to be as structured as possible uh oftentimes though i think i think that kind of back and forth process is just inherent in the, the creative process i think it was paul thomas anderson that has a quote that's like writing is kind of like ironing you have to go forward a little bit and then back a little bit and back and forth and eventually everything gets smoothed out um so yeah, 
in, in an ideal world, we have a concept for the video, and then we go and research and find quotes that might support that or you know, might poke holes in the thing that we're, we're setting forth. And then we create an outline and figure out the best ordering to convey the information. And that becomes a script. And then I read the script and then the edit goes smoothly and everything's great. But oftentimes what happens is that somewhere along the way, we realize something isn't working. And so we have to kind of you know, sometimes go back to the drawing board, sometimes scrap a video altogether. But often it's, you know, when it's time to record the script, saying it out loud, suddenly I realize actually this flow doesn't really make sense. So we have to kind of pause that and then do another draft on the script and maybe take out things that we liked or pull back in things that we'd gotten rid of earlier. Um, and then also the editing process is, you know, the final rewrite where once it's up on its feet and we're seeing it play, we realize actually this this section is really long. We don't need all these examples. It'd be cleaner and faster if we got rid of it or vice versa. Sometimes it's like, actually we need more to be properly framing what we're talking about and that will make people engaged. Because sometimes when you're just trying to quickly go through things, people lose um, track of why you're talking about them. And so sometimes putting more in to frame it makes it then not feel as long because they understand why you're spending the time that you're on, are on whatever it is. Um, so yeah, we, we try to be as linear as possible, but inevitably at some point there's some back and forth. And so always being open to that flexibility, I think is really important. Have any of your beliefs about the filmmaking process changed over the years? Like something maybe you were sure about three years ago that you have a different view on today? That's an interesting question. Um, I think something that has stayed the same is that my belief that writing is super hard. Uh, like I think, yeah, just the more I've understood about all the things that one has to consider while writing, it's just continually deepened my appreciation for that process. Um, I think overall this journey has, um, I guess kind of in tandem with that, you know, made me, so I guess to kind of frame what I'm saying, you know, in film school, I was always focused on directing and kind of the things that are more obvious and fun. I think a lot of people focus on, you know, cinematography and editing and pacing and like coming up with cool shots and all this stuff. And I think in general, putting all of that aside and just focusing on the writing and the storytelling has deepened my appreciation for all parts of filmmaking and made me realize that when, you know, when the directing and the cinematography and the editing, when those are all working, it's because they're telling the story in a very uh, purposeful, pointed way. And so I think that's, you know, I, I kind of often look back at film school, Michael, as who this channel is for and teaching him the things I wish I had known back then that I know now. And so, yeah, I think just an appreciation for the importance of storytelling and how everyone involved in a production, the more they can know what 
be on the same page about what the story is that they're trying to tell, then that can guide the decisions that then make an awesome final product. So to kind of take a step in a different direction, what are some of the pieces of software and, and apps, things like that, that you use or that you must have to build this channel? Yeah, so I love apps. Um, uh, so all the videos are edited in Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, all the motion graphics stuff is all done in Adobe After Effects. Um, and then on the writing side, there's kind of been lots of different evolutions. But one of the things that enabled the channel for me was the release of the iPad Pro, which was the first Apple iPad that came with the pencil so that you could write on the screen. And it was responsive enough that it felt like you were writing on paper enough that you could like hand write things. Because whenever I read screenplays, I would want to be taking notes and I'd want to be writing on the page. And that always helped me engage with the analysis and kind of not just drift off into playing the movie back in my head. But I didn't want to always print out 200 pages of screenplay whenever I wanted to, you know, read a script. Uh, and so the iPad coming out and then there's a piece of, there, there's an app called Notability, which I use, which lets you mark up PDFs. And so that, combination of things suddenly made it so that I could be reading all these screenplays and like jotting down every idea I had. And so that's, that was super useful for launching the channel. Um, and then for actual writing, I usually use an app called Ulysses, which is like a markdown editor. And it's just like a nice clean interface and lets you just focus on what you're writing. Um, and I, I, gravitate to that a lot. So those are the main apps that we use when, when making the videos. So you kind of already touched on this. It seems like a, a key in this channel is just patience and putting the time in and the prep work, but just any other advice you might have for someone who wants to start uh, some kind of a channel like this in the, in the near future? I think for me, one of the most important things I did when starting this channel was to have the discipline to slow down and do research and figure out what, what the value add was for the viewer. So kind of what often would happen uh, with me is I'd get excited about an idea and then go and make it and then show it to people and then it'd be done. And it like, sometimes it'd be great and sometimes it wouldn't be. And with the channel, I really wanted to, um, be disciplined in uh, planning out what it was that I want to do. So if I want to make a channel about film, you know, where I'm creating film video essays, what is a niche that isn't already being filled that is also really exciting to me? And so that was, you know, the screenwriting angle. Um, and then also, you know, looking at how are other people making video essays, like go and watch all those keep track of the things that I like or don't like and kind of help develop my style from, you know, engaging on that level. And then trying to build in something where it's, like I was saying earlier, including screenwriting lessons, sources, um, focusing on techniques such that it's not like the, the value you're getting is beyond just my thoughts on the film. It's, it's, regardless of whether or not you like my thoughts, there's something in here that is useful. And so I think that 
I, I think it's just in general good advice is like, and, and it kind of all goes toward this idea that I have, which is like respect the audience. Like I always think that people who are watching your content, whatever it is, they're donating their time to you. And so I always want to make sure that what I'm creating, you know, is honest and it's something that I believe in and, and that I'm excited about, but is also keeping them in mind and making sure it's, it's also for them. And so I think that just requires a certain kind of creative discipline where if the thing you were super excited about actually doesn't have a place in this final version of the video, then I think it's up to you as the creator to take that out if that makes the final product better and actually accomplishing the original goal. Sometimes the specifics uh, can of what inspired an idea can get in the way of it becoming the thing that you wanted ultimately. So kind of, I guess, creative discipline is a thing that I think is useful to develop for anyone trying to do any kind of creative project. And that is our show. Thanks again for tuning in. If it's your first time, make sure to hit that subscribe button on SoundCloud or iTunes. Also check out the new video essay series on YouTube called Creative Principles. And give us a review. That's one of the best ways to help share these interviews. Thanks again.